Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hey, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I am your host, Davey Blackburn. Joining me, co-host, Emily Shields. Emily. Hi. You look great today. Thank you. It's good to see you. You're always so bright and bubbly. Thank you. And I your appreciate voice, it. <laughs> your voice is always so bright and bubbly. That's good. I'm telling you guys, when this gal leads these like volunteer meetings, it's like the most excitement you've ever seen in Stop. your entire life. <laughs> Just <laughs> exuding. It's awesome. That's why I love having her run everything in our church. Mm. It's it's just really cool. You're really embarrassed right now. I wish I'm the listener really could red. see how red you are. Yeah. What'd you think about the podcast last time? Wasn't it awesome? I loved it. Um, just getting to hear from Dad Phil. Dad Phil. <laughs> um, his heart about what he's processed, yeah. um, what he's been going through, um, I think helps uh, people walking through similar things um, right. understand, hey, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And here are some practical things right. to, to walk through that. Right. Exactly. It's cool to hear from the perspective of a dad For or, sure. or of a parent. You know, it's a different kind of pain. I talk about a lot that you can't really compare pain, but yeah. I feel it from losing a spouse and he feels it as a dad losing a daughter. And um, it's just so many different variations, so many different nuances of walking through trial and different types of pain you feel. And so it's so mm-hmm. helpful to, to have that. And I, I think it's just so fitting coming off of Father's Day this week yeah. to ha- continue this conversation with him. And so, you know, I know it's um, it's one of those things where um, we just have, I feel like, I feel like there's just a lack of good fatherhood yeah. in our country today. And, you know, one of the things we're doing a lot with our church is just trying to step into our inner city, Mm -hmm. kind of bring a fatherly figure or a big brotherly mentoring to some of these at-risk kids. And so that, you know, our story doesn't become someone else's story. Right. And, um, and so, man, I just, I just think it's, it's a really cool thing to be able to hear from, from dad. And so what maybe, maybe tell the listener what was something that stuck out to you in the interview. I think the thing that stood out to me the most um, from that interview um, was when dad was talking about um, all the different stages that he's gone through in his grief, but that he's not done with any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, That it's not like he's put any of those to rest, um, but regularly... Uh, or not so regularly is, um, feeling each of those still. Um, so I don't know. I think from, from my perspective in grieving Amanda still, you know, all of us are, I think still, uh, chewing on some of that process. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know, helpful to know that someone as wise as dad, like someone that I truly look up to, um, is still processing as well. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you're calling him dad. I do too. It's nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's jump into part two of my interview with Phil Byers, or dad. Hmm. Welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with Phil Byers, Amanda's dad. So my mm-hmm. father-in-law, pastor of First Baptist in Elkhart. And we've been talking to all things, uh, emotions, grief, trial, loss. Uh, but I want to I turn the conversation a little bit because dad's got a unique position in the sense that he's leading a church. As he's navigating through this, he's also leading the church. And so, you know, one of the things we've talked about and I try to talk about with, with our congregation is to train for the trial that you're not yet in. Mm-hmm. The, the common denominator of life is pain, is trial. Jesus did not pack any punches. He did not pull the wool over our eyes and say, you won't have trouble in this world at all. Just follow me and everything will be blissful and sunshine and daisies and roses and buttercups and suckers and hugs. Like, that's not what he says. That's what I want, though. That's what that's we what want. I want. Jesus is not the feathered hair hippie who passes out suckers and hugs all the time. He, he did tell us that in this world, you will have trouble. You will, right? Matthew 7 mm-hmm. says that um, when the storms come, Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't say if the storms possibly come, then hopefully you've had your house built on a rock, not mm-hmm. on the sand. But Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world. You'll find trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And so one of the things we talk about is how do you train for the trial that you're not yet in? You're either in the middle of a trial, you're coming out of a trial, or you're about to go to go in one. So if you're listening right now and you're not going through a trial, I don't want to scare you, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. That's just the common denominator of life. And so what can people do now to train for that trial that they're not yet in? Well, that um, I don't have anything profound to tell you or to tell them. <laughs> um, 
except that uh, what you're saying, how did you call how do you put it? Train for the Train trial? for the trial, you're not yet in. You're not yet in. Yeah, that actually is coined by my friend Pastor Levi Lusco. So I like that. It's really good. Um I've I've often I think of it this way, you train for war in peacetime. Mm, that's good. You don't train for the battle when you're in the battle. That's foolishness. Yeah. Um, you want to train in peacetime so that when the battle comes, you instinctively um, fight the way you're, you've been trained to fight. It's like muscle memory. It's exactly yeah. it's just like muscle memory. In any sport, um, you, you train before the event, right? before the competition, so that when you get in there, everything snaps. You don't have to think your muscles to do what they're supposed to do. They just automatically do what they're supposed to right. do. And so um, if we do that, and so the, the question is, how, what does that look like? Mm. How do we do that? And I wish I was smarter than this and had some profound thing to say, but the thing, the, the thing that I believe we have to do is we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, right. first of all, enter into a relationship with him. Once we've done that, we've got to enter into a relationship with a community of believers yeah. that um, are going to help us in the midst of that time. Yeah. We've got to be in, in the word of God as much as possible. Mm. Um, and we do that individually but then we do that in community. Right. And like at our church, you know, we're, people should be, we teach people you got to be in the Word and try to be in the Word daily. Yeah. You know, let the Word of God pour over your life on a daily basis so that you're, I mean, David says in Psalms, I've hidden your Word in 119. I've hidden your Word in my heart yeah. so I won't sin against you. Yeah. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when the dark, when you're in the darkness... When you hit the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. when you're in the pit where you cannot see your way, what's going to light your path? Mm. It's the word of God that you've hidden in your heart, that you've implanted right. in yourself in peacetime before you get into the dark. You're not reading the Bible in the dark. Right. You're reading it in the light so that when you get in the dark, the light comes on and the lamp pops on and your batteries are charged yep. and you have light to, to help get yourself out of the darkness yep. and out of that cave of despair. And so, and then when you add the element of coming together on a day, on a weekly basis with a with a group of believers and and worshiping together yeah. and hearing from the word um, together, and then you get into small group together and you start doing life together with a small group of believers somewhere, and you're um, helping each other grow and you're encouraging each other and you're right. helping each other apply the word of God and that kind of thing. That's where your strength comes from. Mm. As you do all that in peacetime then you're ready to go when the battle comes. Yeah. And you've got the army of the family of God. Davey, I'm telling you, I yeah. would not have made it. Yeah. You wouldn't either. No, nope, not we, at all. We would not have make we wouldn't be where we are today without the army of God's family yeah. around us holding us up. I mean, there are times in our church where I, I literally felt like I couldn't even stand. Mm. But I knew I had the strength of the prayers of the people of God and the support and love of our church family right. that was holding me and giving me that that core support yep. that I didn't have because the wind had been knocked out of me. But they were holding me for, for that time yeah. and helping me through it. Yeah, and I believe more strongly than ever the power of prayer. You know, people, it still tears me up to this day when I go and I speak somewhere and someone walks up to me that I don't know, Mm -hmm. was not part of my congregation or my family, and they say, I've been praying for you. That blows my mind. I'm like, you live in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. You live in South Africa, Mm -hmm. and you've been on your knees praying for me. I believe more strongly in the power of the saints and and the community. I've asked people, why do you care? (laughs) Why are you taking time to pray for my family? Wow. And they're like... Because we're, we're all family. Yeah. You're part of the family of God. If you're hurt, I hurt. Wow. Well, what, what other group out there no, there's can not you one. join that is worldwide that would pray? In people in Africa yeah. that would pray for us. Yeah. They don't know who we are. They just they read about it that some family, some yeah. believing family had a tragedy. Let's get on our knees and pray. Yeah. Whole churches have told me that they dropped to their knees 
and had prayer meetings for us wow. as soon as they heard about it. And I don't even know who those people are. I don't know what that church is. They just they knew we were going through this. Yeah. And they poured their hearts out on, on our behalf to the Lord to strengthen us and to help us and to help us get through this. Right. And right. to glorify himself through it. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, man. And the only way to like to train for this is and in your training, what you're trying to do is you're trying to strengthen or build your faith. That's what you're trying to do because faith mm -hmm. is the substance of things not seen, the evidence or the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right. Right. So when you're walking through darkness, you can't see in front of you. Right. You can't see what's going on. The word is the lamp to your feet, but you only see one step ahead of you. And so in in really difficult trials, you're you're searching for answers. You're going, God, I can't see ahead of me. I have no idea what is going on here. And so it's faith that enables and empowers you to keep walking. It's it's the substance of what you hope for at the end of this thing. It's the promises. Well, the only way faith is built is, first of all, the Bible talks about faith is built by by the hearing of God's word, mm -hmm. right? And so that is um, that is getting together as a community of believers and listening to biblical preaching on a weekly basis. Exactly. You know, it's 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 amazing to me how there are so many uh, folks who will come to church because of trial or tragedy, right? So that's mm -hmm. when they go back to church. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, you're doing this wrong. Yes, absolutely come to church during tragedy. Absolutely, because that's the words of life. But come to church when you're in peacetime. Exactly. And and get strength, get your faith built and strengthened and bolstered. And then when you're in small groups of people or your community of believers, you know, a small group or whatever, we call them res groups. Um, you guys call them life groups, life is groups, that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that, what you're doing is you're borrowing other people's faith. I can't tell you how many mentors of mine were in my life or, or people who reached out to me, like a Levi Lusco and a Bob Goff and yeah. um, a Todd Herb and some of these folks that have walked through trial that I've had to borrow their faith. And they're going, hey, I'm five years down the road on this or 10 years. Or this one guy I sat down with whose dad was murdered uh, 40 years ago in front of his eyes. He's like, I'm 40 years down the road on this thing. And let me help you see nothing is wasted in this. And I'm borrowing yeah. his faith. And that's what you do when, with, with a community of believers. And so you got to do that stuff and set those things up in your life before the trial. So that in the trial, you have this army of people, like you just said. And, you know, if we go, go back to the, the physical analogy, faith is a muscle. Right. And you are strengthening that muscle in peacetime as you hear the word and as you do with all the things you just said. You're strengthening that faith muscle so that when you're in there, you don't have weak faith. Yeah. You have strong faith. Yeah. People are like, how come you have such strong faith? It was because of the investment yeah. that we have made. And, you know... I haven't been we we haven't been investing in our faith muscle through the years, um, knowing this was coming. Right, right. You don't do it. You you just do it. Yeah. And when you do it, it's not like you, realize, you know that you're about to step into the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but like you got to train for this thing. But if you if we if we put together that Jesus said you will have trouble. Yeah. Okay. Then then all the more we need to get together. We need to strengthen our faith. For when the trouble comes, we don't know when it's going to come. Right. We don't know what degree, we don't know what degree it is. We don't know, you know, what the the circumstance will be that yeah. comes to our lives, and it's varying degrees of all kinds that we will all have. Right. Um, nevertheless, the faith is the same. Yeah. And it all comes from the same place, the same source. Yeah. And it's sufficient to meet the need that comes. He gives us grace to to sufficient for our time of need right. whenever it comes. Right. So um, that that's vitally important. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's so get good. Get with some family of believers. I mean, get make it happen. You can't, you can't walk this stuff alone. Yeah. You can't do it. That's so good. Now, you're leading one of those families of believers. I mean, you're leading a congregation, mm -hmm. and as soon as everything happened, I remember even the week of, you know, you came down, obviously, you were in the hospital, you know, we were all doing the celebration service planning together. Mm -hmm. We're all grieving together, huddled up, just trying to figure out what the heck just happened and how do we how do we even navigate this? But in the midst of that, you had to you had to leave to go back and attend to something in the congregation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then come back down for the first Sunday that after Amanda passed where we had service at, at Resonate, but then also the celebration service. And then the following Sunday you were preaching. Yeah. You were back in the pulpit. And so you're you're in this very unique situation where you've got this whole congregation of people who are also hurting, because this is the church that Amanda grew up in. Yeah. So they're also grieving this. They're looking to, yes, they're looking to God for answers, but they're looking to you for answers. And you're in this place where you're looking for answers. How in the world 
do you lead? It's called, it's almost like you're you're like Marco Polo. You're like I don't really know where we're going, but come on and follow <laughs> me. You know, it's like yeah. we're for, you're forging and pioneering this trail yeah. where you're navigating the valley of the shadow of death, while you've got fifteen hundred plus people, and not to mention this the way how widespread this this thing went, and people are looking to us for answers. How do you do that? How do you lead in the midst of this trial? Well, I didn't know how. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, the first thing was we just walk it out. Mm. Um, but, and I, you know, vulnerability and transparency um, are some big words mm. that carry um, a big impact on the people that you're trying to lead. Yeah. Um, I could have sucked it up, you know, put on my big boy pants and mm. sucked it up and put on the happy face and put on the strong face and went into the pulpit and said, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about me. I'm strong, but I wasn't. Mm. I just decided to opt for telling them exactly how I felt. Yeah. Telling them what I'm learning. Um, I got, I just got real with them and it felt risky mm -hmm. to do that because I don't want people to think I'm weak. Mm -hmm. I want people to think I'm strong. Every leader wants his people to think, Hey, he's got it all together, you know, but, yeah. um, it felt like a risk to do that, but I did it anyway. And, um, what I found was that the people loved it. Mm. And they appreciated it because um, basically, and, I, and a good friend of mine, Jim Jeffries, he's a pastor. Um, I called him. There are certain, there's just a handful of men that I called to say, what do I do next? Yeah. And because um, I had some people saying, you need to just take six months off. Mm. Um, you just you just go heal. You yeah, know? that's what I, I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. Perry asked me, Pastor Perry, he asked me, how long are you going to take off of preaching? And I was like, I don't know, probably six months or something. He goes, no, you're yeah. not. You're, he said, I'm going to call it. Come middle of January, there's going to be a fire in your bones, and you're going to be ready to get back up on that stage and kick mm -hmm. the enemy in his teeth. And sure enough, he called it. Man, it was about the beginning, middle of January. I was like, I got to I gotta get up there on that stage. Well, you, said, you said to me, I think these were your words, you said, I feel like ripping the face off of the devil. Right. And... That's the fire that burned in me right right away. Yeah, it was like I'm gonna get up. I'm not gonna let him take me down. Mm. And Jim Jeffries, Pastor Jim Jeffries, he he told me he said, Phil, you need to go into the pulpit your first week, and you need to tell the people how you're doing. They want to know. Yeah, tell them how you're doing. Tell them how God's doing. Mm. In other words, tell them what what is God doing in you right now because. They've never, some of them have never walked through this. Right. And you have a unique opportunity to say, in the midst of this gigantic storm, guess what Jesus is doing? Mm. And tell them what he's doing. The third thing is tell them how they're doing. Yeah. Are they loving you well? Mm. Um, you know, how are they doing? Because they want to know. Yeah. They want to know, are we loving my, our pastor well through this? And so tell them how they're doing. When I got done with that, um, I had many people thank me for my strength and my courage, mm. which I felt it was a weakness. I yeah, thought it was going to be a funny? weakness. People are like, man, you're so courageous. You're so strong. Mm. You're so, and I'm, you're yeah. like, I feel the opposite. I yeah, feel fearful. I feel weak. I feel, but I wonder, you know, it makes me even go, okay, courage is not the absence of fear. Mm. It's stepping up and getting up in the midst of fear. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that's wow. And that was profound for the people. Mm. Um, there was a unique thing that happened with me, though, um, several weeks into this, as I'm preaching week after week, because every week, when, when, when you're going through this, everything is a reminder of the pain. Yeah. Every, every tree, everything, every, every you know, thing that crawls right. um, reminds me of Amanda and reminds yeah. me of the pain and this thing. So I'm living it every moment of every day. And I got this sense that everyone around me is feeling, I didn't know this, no one said this to me, but I just thought, 
you know, everyone's probably like, okay, we're getting on with our lives. Mm. We don't need to hear about Amanda anymore. Yeah. We don't need to hear about how you're dealing with this. We don't need to hear what you're learning. But every single week, every, I couldn't preach any message. And as I'm in my office pouring over my sermon, I'm weeping in my office right. because everything I'm preaching about, everything I'm studying is is pointing to my circumstance and healing my circumstance. Yeah. And so I want to share that. But I got to this point where I don't know if I should share anymore. Like, I don't want the people to get like, oh, no, he's going to be the pastor of pain. Right. You know, he's going right. to be the pastor, to, and he's never going to stop talking about his daughter. Right. And so I asked the people one time, I said, am, am I okay? Hmm. And people came up to me and said, don't you dare stop talking about this. Hmm. We lost her too. Wow. We're dealing with this just like you are. Mm-hmm. So when you when God shows you something about this pain, you share it with us because then we can apply it to our pain mm-hmm. with this. And I didn't know that they cared that much. Wow. That was a big help to me um, because... I really felt like it's it's time to just stop talking about it and move on. Just yeah. just make it your own inner pain. But if you know, if you have a relationship with your pastor, and a pastor has a relationship with his people, we're family. Yeah. Now, what do we do all the time, Davey? <laughs> As a family? Yeah. We talk about things. And do we talk about Amanda all the time? All the time. Of course we do. And we it's will always do for that. us. Yeah. As soon as you said, you said the other day, or just the other day, you walk into the room. Yeah. You walked into the room. Yep. You took a look at Robin and, am I okay to tell you? And Amber. Yeah, absolutely. You you took a look at Robin and Amber and you saw Amanda. I saw Amanda. I walked in and saw mom and it took my breath away because in whatever expression she had on her face and whatever pose she was in at that moment, it looked just like Amanda. I thought I'd, I thought I'd step through the doors of heaven for just a brief second and I went, (gasps) took my breath away. Yeah. And then immediately all that pain rushed back, reminding me that we're you, still here on earth. Bust out in your gone. eyes, right? I mean, yeah. it busted out in tears. And the, the, I couldn't look at them for a little while. Well, we, but we're we, going to do that the rest of our lives. It. Yeah. And I yeah. told you, I said, Hey dad, I'm man, this is, this is hard. I just looked at mom and I saw Amanda and this is just hard. Yeah. It's going to happen the rest of our lives because we're family. Yeah. If your church is a family and you're kind of the as a pastor, you're kind of the father mm. of the family. Um, then to ignore yeah. the the loss in the room, for it would be wrong for us to ignore the fact that a man is not here. Right. And some people do that. Yeah. And you when know, they run away from the, instead of running toward the roar, yeah. right? They run away from they don't want to deal with it. And it just, man, it it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you can sit around together as a family and you can cry together and you can share with each other how you're doing. And you can um and you can talk openly about it. And it's not a morbid thing. No. You know, we're not setting up a shrine somewhere. Right. You know, and we like <laughs> worship before the shrine of Amanda. But, right. But she was, she is still, she is our family. Yeah. She's still a part of our family. I mean, you know, I we're talking to Weston mm-hmm. um, with the superheroes. What are they? The Incredibles. Yeah, the Incredibles. She's got these yeah. little incredible superhero guys. Yeah. And the mommy, okay. Well, you guys did the superhero Incredible. Our last thing. Halloween, we dressed up as the Incredibles. And yeah. he's like, he calls her mommy. Right. The little, the little doll. Right. And so we start saying, we start talking about Amanda. Yeah. And just telling him about her. So when you have the the, the church family, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to obviously, you know, every single week I'm bringing up Amanda, but they know. In fact, people tell me now, they said, when you made that point, we knew exactly where your heart was. Mm. Even though I never mentioned Amanda, I never mentioned our circumstance or anything, yeah. but they know. They know I'm applying a point because of the pain. Right. And uh, so that's been, a, that's been a, a great thing for me to learn. Yeah. I had to learn through all of that as I came back to speak to the people. Yeah. Vulnerability, mm. transparency, um, embrace the family. Yeah. Let them embrace us. And don't turn them away. Yeah. Um, people want to help in those times. They don't know what to do. Right. But they want to help. Right. That's so true. And I think what you said is so powerful because, you know, I asked the question, <laughs> you're trying to navigate the valley of the shadow of death and you're you're trying to, all these people are like, hey, follow me as I'm fo- walking into something I don't know. But what you just told me is all you're doing is following Jesus. 
Right. And they're following you as you follow Jesus. Right. And yes, we're trying to instill in our people how to have their own personal relationship with Jesus that they can go straight to him. They don't have to use, they don't have to go with us, but we have been called to be shepherds. Mm-hmm. And so what, what Jesus is teaching us, the most powerful sermons, the most powerful seasons of ministry come straight out of what Jesus is teaching you. They're not fabricated out of something that you become an expert in. They're like, hey, I'm dealing with this right now. And this is what God's showing me as I'm dealing with this right now. And let me download this on you too. Because maybe there's somebody in here that's dealing, you're dealing with it as well. Yeah. And you know what it looks like to them? This is what people have said to me. Um, they've said, you're on fire. Mm. Now, I don't like, I'm not pretending to be on fire. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going into yeah. the pulpit, you know, I'm going to be on fire today. <clears throat> You know, having to muster that up. You yeah, know? but yeah. as I am pouring myself out on the congregation with what God built up in me that week to prepare. Jeremiah, fire in your bones. Yes. Yeah. I am, that's what people have said to me. They actually, they'll text me in the middle of the sermon. They'll text me, you're on fire. Wow. Well, that's what they're seeing coming out of me. And all it is is the passion that, yeah. that I now have in a totally new way. Um, because of the sense of urgency that I have for the eternal hmm. um, uh, perspective that I have, that our time is short, right. and we don't have time to waste, and we got to get after it. Right. Um, that's what this has brought to me. That's hmm. what it's, it's built up in me, um, is, my God, I had no idea um, Amanda's life would be this short. Yeah, yeah. But that's what the scripture says. Right. That we're vapor, vapor. Yeah. Grass that is here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you don't know if you have tomorrow. No. So no get idea. after it today with everything you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes that fire can see. So if people, <laughs> they do one of two things with fire. They, they warm themselves by it. Like, oh, this is nice. Like I need, man, it's cold and dark and it's, this is light. This is warmth. I need to be around this. Right. Or it can get so hot that they, it expels them. They're like, Oh, you know, they kind of shrink back from it. Right. And so I see that reaction Hmm. in, in people, both reactions. Um, most people, especially my, you know, my congregation and your congregation, most people are warming themselves by the fire. Yeah. You know, God set us on fire, but I've had a couple of people say like, Hey, you you know, and they won't say it to me, but they've said it to like my staff. Davey seems a little angry. Like what is, (laughs) and, and I heard that and I was like, it's not anger. Mm-hmm. It's urgency. Yeah. What you're seeing is not this, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pastor that church that is the suburban, comfortable, let me just give you helpful tips and tricks on how to, you know, principles on how to walk through life and marriage and, and money. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring fire into this because we really need heart change. We really need our city to be turned upside down. We yeah. really need this world to be reached for Jesus. Hell is hot. Eternity is real and it's long and people really are stepping into eternity every single day. And it creates an urgency inside of you when you have met face to face, met death, when, when eternity is right there. I mean, I feel like, and you feel like this too, we've talked about this, that it feels like we could just step over into eternity because Amanda's there. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're right on the threshold of that. The eternity is so palpable to us right now that it creates this urgency inside of us. And what sucks is that it's most, most of the time in life, it's these kinds of situations that create that. Yeah. Comfortability does not create that, you know? And, and what's, what's crazy is that I'm going to go off on a soapbox for a second, but Just what's, go, man. what's Just crazy go. is that we love movies like Braveheart. We love movies like Gladiator. We love movies like The Patriot. We love these storylines that say that you see this guy get set on fire out of a, a, a motivation of vengeance mm-hmm. because someone that was close to them was taken from them. Mm-hmm. But they're not just going after, and all these plot lines, they're not just going after vengeance on their own personal pain, but it's there's something much bigger involved. Gladiator, he's trying to free his people you know, from the oppression, right, of this new emperor. Aurelius or whatever, or whatever it is, you know, and, and then you got Braveheart. He's trying to free his people, freedom, you know, and he's trying to get the nobles to lead. He's trying to, it's something much bigger. And that's the plot line we're caught up in. All of us as Christians, it doesn't matter if we've lost somebody or not. Mm -hmm. We're caught up in this plot line where there's a kingdom that is not, we cannot see it as much bigger than this earthly kingdom. And, and reality is, is the enemy has come in to steal, kill and destroy in all of our lives. And, and Jesus wants to put us in this place 
where we are on fire for liberating his people mm-hmm. as pastors, as leaders, but also as just as just lay people, as people who are going to church and your mission, your mission field is, is your, your dentist office, your mission field is your lawyer firm, your mission field is your, your classroom or wherever it is that God has you on the map, he has you on mission. And he wants to put inside of you this fire and this urgency and this clarity that says, okay, this life is not, is, it's not, let's not build our hope in this life and in this world. Let's, let's, let's work for and fight for a kingdom that's much bigger than this world, mm-hmm. God's kingdom. Let's bring as many people with us as possible. Let's storm hell with a fire or with a, with a water pistol because, um, because we're just, man, we just see eternity so clearly. Well, get after it. And, you know, I love that storm the gates of hell. Right. Storm the gates of hell to keep the people out. Right. You know, why does he have gates on hell? <laughs> He's not to yep. keep people out. He's right. not trying to keep people out. He's got, he has to have gates on hell to keep the church Keep back the church out. From attacking right. Satan and attacking his forces and bringing right. it to him, you know, and we don't have time not to do that. Yeah. We're, we've, as a church, we have got to rise up. I love that song, um, Break Every Chain. Yeah. And the, and the bridge is, there's an army rising up mm. to break every chain. Yep. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us and then entrusted to us this ministry. He left the world and then he came into us so that we now will take it to them. Yeah. And if they don't hear, they'll never come. Yeah. And so we have got to take it to them. I'm not wasting any more time. Yeah. Now you're, I'm getting amped up right now as we talk about it. And that's, <laughs> that's the fire I think that exactly. people are seeing in our pulpits. That's, and they, they may, they may, some people might view that as anger. Yeah. Well, he's bitter towards the world now. No, it's not bitterness. No. It's it, it may be fueled by some anger. Yeah. It may be fueled by my emotions. A righteous here. indignation here. Exactly that, mm-hmm. right. Because I'm sick of the evil that's in this world. Yeah. And I want to rip the face off of evil. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna conquer it in the lives of people. And yeah. like I'm tired of seeing people um, falling down in this life. I'm tired of seeing people think that they have that their past defines them, right. the past mistakes that they have. I'm tired of seeing people think that I can't live my life any better than down here in the gutter, in the dirt, and in the mud. Yeah. That is not what he intended no. for his people. Right, we're not victims. He can touch your life. He can make you new. And we have the story to tell. Yeah. We have the ability to go out there and tell them that. Right. So what are we waiting for? Yeah. Come on, let's go. Yeah. We don't have time. I may not have tomorrow. Yeah. And that person certainly may not have tomorrow who doesn't yeah. know him. Let's go back and snatch him from the gates of hell. Yeah. And and win him to Jesus. And yeah. that that's the urgency that I have in me now. Yeah. The people are seeing. Yep. And when we preach, we're hoping that somewhere in our congregation there are warriors of warrior princesses that are rising up and saying, Let's go. Because this is a battle, Davy. They're there. They don't know they are. They just don't know it. I can't wait for tomorrow. For to, yeah. yeah, tomorrow, Mother's yeah. Day. Right. All these moms, Mother's Day. I'm going and we're, for it. And tomorrow. we're passing out roses and flowers. But the reality is, is moms need the spirit of a warrior princess to tackle what they have it's every exactly single day. Right. It's like, man, it's crazy. Now they're I know like that Amazon the listeners listening for the kingdom. to this after Mother's Day, but we're recording it the day before Mother's Day and getting amped up over here right now, <laughs> about to go in and warrior princess everybody. It's exactly well, the women of this of the kingdom. Yeah, they are more powerful than they think. Right, and they are more influential than they know. Right. What are they doing with it? Yeah. Are they going to do something with it? Yeah. I mean, think about, think about the impact of women. I mean, what is it? It was um, Abraham Lincoln who said, um, oh, man, now I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Oh, wow. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. Wow. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Yeah. Out of the wombs of our women are, are coming the next warriors right. of the kingdom. right. And they're the ones who are going to raise them up. Yeah. But these women need to get after it. Yeah. And they need to use the power and influence that they have, just like Esther. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just like for I mean, a time such as go, this. Go yeah. down, yeah. For such a time as this, make it happen, and use your influence, and use your position, and mm-hmm. use your beauty, and use everything mm-hmm. that you have. That's a that's a that. I don't understand because I'm not a woman. Right. Use it all that you have for the purpose of righteousness in the kingdom. Right. You're more powerful than you know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember Amanda, one of the quotes that she put on her phone was, perhaps the greatest contribution you have to this world is not what you do, but who you raise. Wow. That's exactly. And that power, and she had that on the front of her phone. 
But yeah, I mean, so, so that's, that's why you feel this fire. We're in a battle. Ephesians says that we don't fight a battle of flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. It's of principalities. It's of the supernatural. That there is a battle of the unseen world that's going on, and we're caught up in it whether we want to be in or not. And if we're passive, we've already played into the devil's schemes. When we're active, we become on his hit list. Now, we don't have to fear that because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't, we don't have to cower away in fear knowing that, that the enemy is, is mad about an offensive hmm. approach that we take as the church, but God's called us to take that off- offensive yeah. approach, and uh, an eternity will be here sooner than we know. That's what I loved about Amanda, yeah. if I could just take that side note right now. But, yep. I mean, Amanda was a warrior princess. Yep. Amanda had that heart. She loved reading books like Braveheart. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not Braveheart. Watching movies um, like Braveheart, but yeah. Yeah, what was that? Come on, what was that one book? Um, oh, The Barbarian the Way. The Barbarian Way yeah. and all that Early kind of McManus. thing. And I have this picture um, that a friend of mine shared with me. It's a picture of a woman in like an Amazon outfit, Mm. and she's got a sword drawn, and the caption says, um, be the kind of woman that when you wake up and your feet hit the floor, um, all of hell wakes up and says, oh, no, she's awake. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And that's the kind of woman I I saw Amanda to be. Yeah, that's it. That when her feet hit the floor... Um, hell was shaking right. and saying, oh, no, here she comes. She's right. going to do it again today. She was great while she was sleeping, but now she's going to go impact the kingdom again. Right. Man, that's so yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. All right, so um, one of the last things I want to I talk about is, you know, I've, I've had this question asked. I mean, this broach is a huge topic that I have people in my life who are like, I don't know if you want to broach that topic yet. I don't know if you want to talk about it. But mm-hmm. we're just in transparency and authenticity in the way we're walking through this. So we're in transparency and authenticity in what the conversations we're having. But one of the questions I get and, and we've gotten is how does the family dynamic, us, the buyer's family, me, Weston, you guys, how does that change if and when I remarry? You know, mm. now just me saying that's hilarious to me. And, and I'll just go ahead and say this. Just me saying that there's going to be a constituency of people who are going to be mad just me talking about that. Hmm. And uh, there's going to be get over themselves if they right. And there's going to be a group of people that doesn't matter. And, and we know this. It doesn't matter if I waited 10 years to remarry there would be people who would, mm-hmm. uh, there'd be scrutiny about that, people who are mad about that. And so, um, but we've had these conversations. We talk about this openly. And uh, my heart is that through all of this, we are all together on, a, on the same page as, as a family. Right. So how would you answer that? If someone's like, hey, how's that family dynamic going to change when and if Davey remarries? Well, first of all, we all want you to get married soon. <laughs> Um, obviously, obviously we want you to marry the right, the the person God has for you. Right. But I mean, we, we want you to get married because, um, like it or not, you're incomplete Mm. without a a godly woman by your side. Mm. Um, and let me, and I'll just say this, that's not to say that if you're single, you're incomplete. What that is to say is that there are some people who know and recognize that. And I feel and sense and know and recognize that, um, while I'm in a season of singleness, um, I, I really strongly feel that God wants me to have a life companion in ministry because um, I know that I'm more dynamic with someone than without. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, if you're single, you're not incomplete. That's not, don't hear that. But we recognize for yeah. me, there's, an, there's a void. There's an incompleteness there right now, um, whether it be just for this season. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's good um, clarification on that. But for, I'm talking about you. Right, for me. <laughs> this is my take on you yeah. as, as your father-in-law. You mm-hmm. know, um, as I look for you, you need, you need a wife to help you. Mm-hmm. Our wives help us in ministry. It's hard to do ministry without our helper. Um, you, got a, you got a child. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a son that you, that you need to raise. It's, it's, it's hard to be. Uh, and, I, and I feel for the people that yeah. are out there being mom and dad. Yeah, they're, they're my um, heroes. To their children. Man. But um, so we're hoping that God will bring somebody soon. Um, the, the thing is, Davey, and I've told you this over and over again, um, when we brought you into the family, and this is your word I'm using, we, we grafted you in mm-hmm. to our family tree. And I believe you did the same with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like your parents, Dave and Brenda, are quote unquote outlaws, you know, in, right. in-laws out. Right. They're 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 our family now too. Yeah. And so um when we look at you, 
I don't look at you through an in-law filter. Mm. I look at you as my son. And so you are my son. And why would, if you came to me and said, well, I'm going to marry somebody now, um, see you later, I'd be like, what? Mm. What do you mean? Now, there's a whole new dynamic that's going to enter in because she's going to have a family. Yeah. But the way I look at it, now we're going to have three family units as part of our family. Mm. And hopefully they would feel the same way, just like your parents have entered in. Right. And we just, our family just grows. Yeah. Um, I am praying that you get a, a woman that, that sees it that way. Yeah. I mean, if, if I could just be selfish here for a little bit <laughs> and, and say that, that I hope that who, whatever woman God gives you, um, she sees us as her family too. Yeah. But um, I, that's just how we've taken it. We've, we, it's, it would be foreign for us to think of it any other way. Yeah. Um, you're our son, and it's never going to change, um, at least from our side of it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, man, shortly after Amanda passed, you took me out to breakfast, and you said, hey, I just want to go ahead and have this conversation with you. At some point, I know it's impossible to think about, but at some point, you're going to remarry. And if and when you do, she's going to have to not just be okay with, but embrace the fact that she's part of this family. And you yeah. will always be part of this family. And, uh, man, I just, I just, my, my eyes just flooded with tears when you said that. Because part of losing Amanda um, was also feeling like I was going to lose this family. Hmm. And all the stuff that we've gone through together as a family and the joys and the triumphs and the defeats and the, the, the sorrows. And, you know, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to lose that. And I think you have to be very intentional to make sure. You've done a fantastic job of leading us to be intentional about that. And you, know, you took us out to dinner one night and you're like, okay, how's everybody doing? Like, let's yeah. just talk about this. And we yeah. try to be, try to have those conversations, even though we're all busy and we all have got things going on in ministry that we're doing. We try to make this time that mm -hmm. we're together and, and uh, we vacation together and just have open conversations about how we're doing. You have to be very intentional about those things. But um, I just, I think, you know, I commend you for, there's, there's some people that would allow bitterness to creep in and allow, you know, you know, regardless if, you know, and people in this situation, if, if I were to remarry, you, you, you guys could see that as something totally different. You could see it as, um, oh, who is she trying to come in and, you know, be mom to, to Amanda's son and be, you know, that's, mm -hmm. and, and it's like, man, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, that's not, that's not the right way to look at this. That's not even the biblical way to look at this. Like the reality is in heaven, none of us are going to be given in marriage or married. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, we, like, <laughs> and the same God that we trust through this hardship yeah. is the same God that's going to bring you and, and another woman together. Mm. And so we're going to trust that too. Yeah. And, um, and we're going to embrace her right. as a daughter. Um, just as if, see, the way I look at it, and I don't know. If we, I don't think I've said this to you out loud. Maybe not. I the way know. I look at it is, my son's going to go get a go get a woman to marry, mm. just like James did. You yeah. know, I, I don't. I don't have another filter to look at it through. You are, you are my son. Yeah. And you're going to go find a wife. Mm. When James found a wife, it wasn't weird. We just brought her into the family. Right. And so now I don't look at my in-law son is going to go get a wife. My mm. son is going to go find a wife. Mm -hmm. And we're going to embrace her into this family the same way we embraced Angela into our family when James married yeah. her. And that's just how it will be. So yeah. now whenever, whenever Amanda married you, my daughter went and found a man, mm. and we brought you in. Well, now you are going to go find a woman, and we're going to bring her in. You're mm. my son. And so yeah. it's the same way. Yeah, I don't see it any differently. I don't even know how to see it any differently yeah. than that. And I think that's what creates a really cool dynamic with us being able to do ministry together, mm -hmm. you know, that we're, uh, it's, it's father-in-law, son-in-law. We're walking this thing out together. God's putting us in opportunities to do ministry together. And, um, the enemy's not going to be happy about that. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very vigilant to yeah. not let the foxes spoil the vine in that sense. Let the small things keep short accounts, not, you know, not fill in the gaps of, of misunderstanding with suspicion or, or gaps of distance with suspicion or mm -hmm. with, you know, but just, Hey, this is what's going on and being open about that kind of stuff. And, and so, um, 
yeah, I think that's just it creates a really dynamic. And I, I would just thing. I would just say that you know in any family, um, keep you said keep short accounts. Right. Just keep things open. Yeah. You know we have we call them family meetings. You know whenever I see as as the dad, whenever I see or hear because you know you hear yeah. talk. Yeah. You know somebody's talking about so and so and somebody's talking about so and so. I'm like I like I always am time out. Bring everybody together. Right. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk this out. It's gonna feel awkward. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna get uncomfortable, but we're gonna keep the lines of communication open. We're gonna right. call it out for what we we're gonna call for what we see and then say, Okay, what are we gonna do now? Right. Let's fix this. This is awkward, but let's fix it. When you do that as a family and you do and that's a regular part of your DNA and your family, um, it provides a lot of health. Yeah. And keeps it it keeps the the weirdness from yeah. out, you know, from um, coming in and eroding the unity of the family unit. That's good. Um, and I think the dad, the father, the patriarch, he has to be the protector of that. Yeah. Um, of the unity of the family. That's good. So that's really good, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, it is. We need to do this again. Okay. I feel like we could Anytime. do this again and have so many other things to talk about. I'll say this, you know, um, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is in January, we're taking a trip to Israel. Yeah. And dad and I, if you're listening out there, you need to hear this because dad and I are actually going to be splitting the teaching, taking a tour of Israel mm-hmm. and inviting anybody who wants to. So no matter where you live, whether you're in Elkhart or Indianapolis, whether you're part of First Baptist or Resonate or not, if you're all over the country. I went to a restaurant in Fort Wayne the other day. I was going to a concert. Before the concert, went to a restaurant. Two, two gals came up to me and said, hey, we're from Ohio, and wow. we just signed up to go to Israel with your church and with your dad's church. And so we're, we're leading a trip to Israel. It's um, going to be a blast. I'm telling you, Israel was one of the single greatest experiences for me in my healing mm-hmm. last last year. Um, I got the opportunity to go with New Spring Church, and man, the Lord just brought so much revelation and perspective into my life through walking the steps that Jesus mm-hmm. walked and walking the places that Jesus walked, and you just get a lot of clarity on eternity there. And so yeah. we would love to invite you to come with us. Absolutely. Um, now, it costs money, but it's actually not that bad. And so what you can do is you can go to hello at resonateindy.com or email hello at resonateindy.com and just say, hey, I'd like more information on Israel. I'd like to go. Um, but it's going to be a really cool trip. Dad and I, again, are going to be at the different spots, splitting the teaching. Um, we'd love to see, you know, about a hundred or so people go with us. Mm-hmm. I think that it'd be awesome. We already have probably about 50 or so folks, maybe yeah. more than that, who are, who are signed up to go. And so spots are filling up. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Email hello at resonateindy.com and just say, I'd like to, more information on Israel and we'll send you all the information and let you um, have an opportunity to look through that and decide if you want to go. But man, dad, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome. This has been cool as we kick off the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. This is great. We'll do this again sometime. It's awesome. Amen. Wow. That's awesome. Man, what a a good interview. That was probably, I don't know how we're going to top that one. I don't either. It was so good. He just, we started like preaching. Just, he starts getting at, I mean, he was so, I remember when we got done with that interview, we were like, let's get on stage and preach right now. <laughs> fired up. We were so fired up. Yeah. Hey, remember, if you guys are interested um, in going to Israel, um, send an email to hello at resonateindy.com. We'd love to hear from you yeah. um, and get you connected to that trip. I think it's going to be super oh, awesome. Man, it's going to be great. It's going to be a very powerful time, I think, just being able to split that with that. I know he's been before and it's just been super, I mean, he's been a while ago. And so for, for him to be able to go now after Amanda Amanda's passing, and then that was obviously super instrumental for me yeah. in my healing process. I write a lot about that in the book. Um, but I want you to go. I want you to be a part of it. And it'd be really cool to have you guys join us. And so definitely, definitely jump on on that trip. Yeah, we want to take a big crew. Woo! It'd be so fun. Big crew. So fun. <laughs> if this podcast was helpful to you or something stuck out to you that you like really loved, um, we would love for you to go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Just allows it so that other people see it. It pops yeah. up higher in their feed. Um, and then lastly, if you have any questions that you would like for us to talk about on here, mm-hmm. um, answer your questions. Um, send an email to hello at resonateindy.com. Yeah, and share this podcast. You know, text yeah. somebody, email somebody. Everyone's going through a, a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And so, and maybe this is the part where they can train for the trial that they're not yet in. Yeah. You can give them a resource for that. And so, yeah, why don't, 
why don't we um, why don't we close for today? That's about all the time we have left. It was a great interview with Phil Byers. And next time on the podcast, we're gonna have Amanda's sister Amber, and we're gonna have her mom Robin. And uh, man, it's just an incredible interview. Yeah. And um, I want you to be a part of it. So tune in for the next podcast. And while you're at it, as we sign off, listen to this excerpt. We'll see you next time. Here's a good question, because this is a question we're asked a lot, because it looks like from the outside looking in that, you know, sometimes to the, to the, to the listener out there, the person who's following this, they're viewing this, they're like, are you not like doubting God, questioning God, mad at God, disappointed in God? You know what I mean? Like what, it looks like you're just going, okay, well, everything's good. We're going to be hopeful and we're going to, you know, and I, we all know it's certainly not that. It's certainly not like we're just putting on this face because we are in the depths of sorrow oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and this thing comes in waves, Mm -hmm. which is part of, I feel like God's grace that it comes in waves because had it all hit us as a tsunami at the beginning, it would have, I honestly think it would have quite literally killed us. Mm -hmm. So it comes in waves, but sometimes us saying like, Hey, God's good through this. There's hope in heaven. All of this stuff can look like we're just not, we've never had those moments of questioning God. We've never had those moments of being disappointed. Talk to me about that journey with you guys. Cause I know we've talked about this a little bit and we each have a little bit of different thought process through that. Do you ever have a moment where you're like, God, why? Like, or what is going on here? Or angry or I did. I, I, I did. And I'm, I'm, I'm still working through that. I still have days that it, it hits me again where I want to say, God, why Amanda? Mm -hmm. Um, She was living, she was doing everything right. And she did from the very beginning. She was like my perfect child. So I, when I'm all by myself and on my own and deep in thought, I, I do think, why Amanda? And, and, you know, a lot of people have heard this, but God, why didn't you protect her? Mm. And, um, but, um, I, I am learning that God is going to do what God is going to do. And I have to glorify him, right? Mm. That's my job. Mm -hmm. And I have to trust him. Um, but yeah, I still get sad about that and I still get down about it. And I, I still have days I can't believe what happened yeah. actually happened. Right. I cruise along, you know, for a few weeks and then a trigger will come and I can go right back to that place of, man, God, wow, 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 why, why, why? So um, I am trusting I am trusting him fully and completely mm-hmm. in this situation, Davy, because when I look backwards at my life, he has been good, 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 faithful, faithful, faithful. And if he chooses to use this situation um, to penetrate other people to, you know, towards yeah, towards himself, that so be it. He's going to do it. And I am going to help him do it. I'm going to help point other people to Jesus through her life.